Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of The Run Back. I kind of did the wrong intro for the other podcast, but it's all good. We're going to keep going because that's how we do things over here. I am Be Heard, your host, a.k.a. Brian, a.k.a. Prince, a.k.a. Prince with you about the hating. The Run Back is a series where I interview one-on-one with some of your favorite FGC content creators or just creators in general. And this episode is just just gonna be a great episode i'm not gonna lie i feel like this person that i have as a guest is deemed as probably one of the better fgc content creators i would definitely say they're top 10 they might not think that but i personally do as far as like wow. the fgc content <laughs> consumer and you heard them there a little bit the dr blue you want to say something to the people yeah man thank you so much for having me on the channel uh you're you're hyping me up too much man that's crazy hey. Hey, I, I, I just love fighting games. I, I have this thing where it's kind of like the Be Heard stimulus package, and like I make sure everybody, everybody come on correct because it's like I sought you out and like yeah, I wanted yeah. you to be a part of this. So I have to emphasize like I'm a fan. So I want to people to realize that like when I bring someone on, like oh yeah, you should be a fan of this person too. So if it's even just one I'm person. Nice. That's all I want to do. Nah, man, you're making me, uh, you're making me smile ear to ear. It's hey, a pleasure to be here. Hey, that's 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 my job. Uh, first and foremost, how is your mental health? Uh, my mental health is good, man. Uh, I don't know like how deep you go into that stuff, but I've been having therapy for a good bit, and it's been so helpful. So if anyone out there is struggling with mental health, uh, and that happens, you know, when you're terminally online, like a lot of us are, <laughs> sometimes mm-hmm. you need someone to unload on. So go out and get yourself some therapy. Have someone that you can dodge into. It's life saving, man. It's life saving. I um, I definitely think that's like one of my goals of 2022. I I didn't. I don't want to say I had a negative stance on therapy, but it, I'm like I'm a hard headed person. So like I knew yeah, that there was stuff that I had to take care of. So it's kind of hard for me to Yo, see I'm my, my late twenties. It was yep. so hard to even like get my foot in the door. Right. Mm-hmm. That's 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 ninety percent of the battle, and it's so fun. You're like, wait, wait, hold on a minute. You're gonna hear me hear me talk for a second. Oh, it's good. It's like a roller coaster. Go for it, man. Go for it. And which I will. I my thing was like it's hard for me to uh like basically go in there, express how I feel, and then still be doing the same bullshit that I'm always doing. You know what I mean? Like I wanna when I go to therapy, I wanna be able to go in with an open yeah. mind and actually do the <laughs> activities great. and stuff that it requires. It'll <clears> change <throat> the way that you approach life. I like that you start the interview off that way. That's yeah. that's a uh, that's very healthy. It's good when people get to talk about it. I, you know what I'm saying? I like that's the thing is like I don't want this show to feel like it's just strictly interview and your accolades because these are people that I like. I from what I you know I'm saying you could be a crazy psychopathic killer. I hope not, but I don't think so. But from the person no, I've no, read no. and the person I've seen, I I feel like you're a good dude. So that's why I want to have these conversations to showcase that. Just not like fighting games will always be there. It's like is that person is that person. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. See, and it's really hard, I think, when you're a fighting game content creator to separate the person from the self. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But, uh, uh it's nice to have a place to go when you need to. I often find myself in that same situation. Um, let's just start by, you know, get your origin story. How did you, first of all, get the name, the Dr. Blue? Like, where, where yeah, does that come really. from? So, like, I'm always online and I'm seeing people, like, take the E off of Blue, like BLU. That's, that's, that's actually my name. Like, my name is Seth Blue Boone. <laughs> my wow. middle name is BLU. That's kind of <laughs> so sick. Like, oh. Yeah, people are like, is that your favorite color? I'm like, nah, man, I think that purple is my favorite color. <laughs> but blue is nice. Uh, and the doctor, because I'm a huge fan of uh, Doctor Who. 
Okay. And the idea that you can just go back and help people anywhere at any time. And that's sort of been my, uh, that's been my approach in the FTC. No matter where you are, no matter what language you speak, I want to meet you where you're at. And we're going to heal, grow, and make the whole place better. So it's more of a, it's more of a, in a calling to action than just a name. Living the gimmick. I, I like that. I like that a lot, actually. Yeah. Um, I, to be fair, like, I was kind of doing my Googles, and I'm not going to touch on it right away, but when I was, like, looking at your Twitter, just trying to get more information, I, I saw you graduated, I'm assuming, some sort of college. Uh, that's what I was thinking for a second. I was like, is he a, is he a legit doctor? Like, could yeah, that no. be? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I graduated this past May. Um, I'm 20 years old now. I didn't go to school right away. I was a touring and a teaching percussionist for a very, very long time. And then I met an incredible woman who was very well educated. And I'm like, man, I can't like lose this race. <laughs> so I started college and I graduated. It's one of the best things that I've ever did uh, just to like have like the strength to say that, hey, I did that. And it's something I never thought that I would do. So if I do go back, it definitely won't be to get like a doctorate degree in my field. <laughs> but but I have the utmost respect for people that do. Hmm. Uh, right on, right on. And that's actually dope. And we will get into that, too. I just want to touch bases with that a little sure, bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know how long or how frequently you've been in the FGC or like the true FGC as far as the scene. But one thing yeah. I always want to know when I bring someone on is like, what was your welcome to the FGC moment? Now, if you don't know what that is, that's basically what was your like you know say everybody who like starts yeah, out playing fighting games like <laughs> thinks they're good at fighting games and then they play somebody who actually plays them gets their ass beat and they're like oh this is a whole different world so what was what was that moment for you um where i'm in the southeast uh there's a really really big convention called dragon con in atlanta okay. it's a bit of a drive but the first time i went there uh dragon ball fighters just came out and I had like dabbled in fighting games, you know, Injustice 1, Injustice 2. Uh, but Dragon Ball was really like, I fell in love with like the idea of fighting games and how, the, and how they felt. I went to a tournament and I thought I was slick and I was not slick. And I got like, I think I went 1 and 2. I wasn't 0 oh and 2, but I'm like, oh, there are some people who are killers out here. And that was my first like, you know, better shape up moment. But I don't think I actually became part of the scene until I started to break down uh, combos rhythmically. And I put the idea out there and every content creator that I watched at the time was super receptive to it. And they got retweets and I'm like, Oh cool. So now there's a community. This is a community aspect of it. I felt like I belonged. That's, that's, that's when that happened. I think it's about two years ago now. Yeah. It's good times. Hmm. Cause I think I want to say, I, I correct me if I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, this is off the top of the dome and like, usually For I sure. just have my like notebook and then I don't really look it up. I could look it up, but I want to say when I look up like base Vegeta combos, your video is like the first one that popped up. And I think that's like, that's enough how I end up finding you. Cause I was trying yeah, to learn him. Seems to be, I'm going to be honest with you. I love talking about how that idea came about. Um, drums are my life. I only started playing fighting games like Dragon Ball really seriously when I moved into my university flat because I couldn't bring my drum set, right? So I didn't have a way to practice the rhythmic ideas, the theory that was happening in my head. And then one day, I came home from a trip to Hawaii. I don't know if you've ever been to Hawaii, but it's a long, long flight. It was, it was my first time. I was not prepared like for the jet lag to hit. And I woke up next to my uh, wife at the time at like 3 o'clock in the morning. 
I was like, wait a second. I think I can finally do base Vegeta loops if I break it down on a combo grid. And it hit me, and, and like I didn't sleep the entire night. I just went into the lab. I grounded out. I watched Rufal Monger videos. I watched every single guy that was out there for base Vegeta until I finally felt that dotted eighth note pulse. That da 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 da. I was like, oh, that's the loop. And man, the first time that loop hit, and I saw it happen, I'm like, oh my god, I love this game. I love base Vegeta. Yeah, that is a. Uh, if, the, if, if there really is an origin story for my love for the community, it happened that night because of jet lag. Because my mind was so calm, I could finally equate combos into music. Sick. Which is kind of crazy, because like, I think every time I've been jet lag, I don't inspire myself to figure out combos. I think I just kind of go to sleep. But that's, that's yeah, dope. <laughs> that's, that's dope. And I still want to touch bases on that, too. But that, like, just... yeah being your way into the community and then how you figured it out kind of like it's kind of surreal um what inspired the talking segments like i've been noticing those videos and it's, it's kind of yeah. i've noticed that like you see a change in content creators i feel like i've seen a change in brian f's content i feel like i've seen a change in like yeah. your content and then like once i saw that i was like oh he got something here that's kind of sick yeah, I um, when I was graduating uh, this past semester, I th- I think the opportunity to say the past two years have been really hard on everyone's mental health. You know what I mean? Have been, mm-hmm. Because we just, we've all been locked down. But I was blessed uh, with uh, with a beautiful baby boy last August. Uh, I guess two August ago, and that paired with the final year of my degree and lockdown and living in like a fifteen hundred square foot place with my wife, I needed a different release. And I started watching people who would talk about fighting games because I was playing them a lot. I didn't have a drum set. I was like, okay, let me learn the history of fighting games. I started to watch Sejam and Jayuna and Brian F. I don't even, I don't, I don't, I don't even watch Street Fighter, but I like, <laughs> I, I like the vibe they have going on. And I just started to digest that at any like waking moment. And then I realized, oh, dude, talking about fighting games is sometimes just as much fun as playing fighting games. And I know that's a bit different than the combo theory stuff that I was known for or the top 10 breakdowns that I did, mm-hmm. but it's where I'm at right now, especially moving into a new house and having my own studio. That's not uh, like five by five. <laughs> like actual <cramped>. studio. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, tr- I'm trying to find a way to incorporate all the things. Uh, there was a moment where I wanted to quit content creation because the top 10 breakdowns that I was doing at the time were so heavily heavily invested like it, i'm not a good video editor i i can get stuff done but those videos were by far my most successful like monetarily wise and view wise mm-hmm. but they took 30 hours to make mm-hmm. like, and i was trying to do one a week and when when i say that it's not because of the editing but it was i had to learn 40 characters a week <laughs> and see like how their frame data stacked up see like what were the uses because if i got anything wrong in the comment section would grill me Right. I'm like, cool. So I made my way through. I finally made a big tier list with all my thoughts. Still one of my most successful videos. But then I was like, dude, I have to do midterms and final exams and change diapers and be a good husband and like keep in touch with family and worry about a pandemic on top of this. Dude, I burnt out so quick. It was, it was burning the candle at all four ends. And then I realized even after I was like, I should stop. I should stop. I couldn't stop talking about fighting games. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing now. Tipping my toe back in, and it feels great, and the reception is awesome. 
glad that everyone's around for it. And I wonder if you're like, you know, stop me if I'm wrong, Blue, but I wonder if you're like this with me. Like, I, I would make, I would love to make those thoughtful, deep, edited videos, but like, I like making content. Like, as soon as I have an idea, I like working on that idea, idea immediately. Yeah. And then, like, it bothers me if I don't finish said idea right away. So it's hard for me to, like, oh, that's a good point to stop and not edit. I, I should take breaks, but, like, if I can't finish that video today, I feel like the, the video was, like, a waste. That That's probably why my content would be suffering. That, Yo, I... I haven't gotten there yet in therapy, but I swear next session is is unpacking exactly what you just said. Like, what is what is it about our attention spans that that that, that like we want to move on so quickly? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. But like, I do know that uh, if if you want to make it, the best way is to continuously put out quality content. And if you can't put out quality, then put out quantity at a pace and a level you think is acceptable. Mm. Oh, I thought I'm I am. I'm yeah. use that because, like, really good friends with people who do that, who put out. Like, I, I mentioned Rufal Munger all the time. I know that he is literally there for every FGC content creator, even as he's blowing up. He's been like a mentor to me, and I've been friends with. I don't know if Globke would finally say that we're friends now, <laughs> but <laughs> but we talk on the regular. And his editing team is fantastic. They took me under their wing recently, uh, and they do the quality. Rufus Munger does the quantity. Sajam and Jayuna do the quantity. But because they have so much knowledge, there's a real thirst for it lately. What I didn't know Gloku had an uh, editing team. But that makes sense because yeah, I'm dude, like, he's... Editor, yeah, uh, Gloku's team uh, consists of him and his friend, Rinnegan. And let me tell you, Rinnegan is a wizard editor. Like, he's, oh my god. It's brilliant. Like, the stuff that they can do in four hours tops what I can do in 25. It's it's it is amazing and on and awe inspiring. I'm very thankful for all their help lately. Man, that's why I want to talk to them because I, I kind of want to get to that point where I want to be both, but like realistically, I I'm not the world's greatest editor, so I have to figure out a balance because it's it's hard. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'll just tell you, I like where I'm at with my content is like I haven't found my niche yet. Like I do want to get into commentary. I do want to be that person, but I, I still like playing the games. Like. I like news, but I like I like playing the game. So I like making content, I like making rank videos. You know, it's not the it's not the greatest yeah. thing in the market right now, but that's what I like to do. There's, so there's what uh what uh, game are you playing right now? Currently, any really, I gotta make content on every game. But like, I know I'm going to Frosty Faustings, so I'm trying nice. to focus on Dragon Ball Fighters and Guilty Gear Strive for till then. Yeah, those are my main two. I really enjoyed Blaze Blue, Central Fiction, like seeing what's up with that game. But Strive uh, and Fighters are definitely myself. And and I do agree, ranked videos uh, just don't do well in that game. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's like commentary videos do better than ranked videos. <laughs> it's strange. And it's, it's the <laughs> but, truth because it's like my thing is I feel like my problem is like I wouldn't say I'm a bad player. I'm average. I'm middle of the road. And so I yeah. don't know if that's a great selling point to someone that watches it, because if they watch it, you know, if you're middle of the road, then they're going to be like, oh, I'm better than this guy or I'm just as good as this guy. So I don't You'll know if I can find I don't know if I can find entertainment in this versus, like, you know, watching a top me. player and then, uh, you know, our top entertainer. So that's that's why I'm kind of like torn. I think a lot of people feel the way that you do because during the lockdown, a lot of people started to make FGC content. Mm-hmm. It was 
that we, we had a giant boom. There are many people who will tell you the right way to do it is to make something of incredible quality. There are many people who will say, oh, just make what you want. Say Jam many times have said, just make the content you want. You'll be happier. That's the train of thought I'm trying to make right now. But there's, then you'll see the opposite end of the term is saying you have to make consistent quality or you're going to lose your audience. And that's also true. Mm-hmm. If people find that you've dipped in quality, they're going to leave. You just have to be okay with you. And here's the rule of thumb. If you would not watch the videos that you make, don't put it out. 100%. That's the only thing that I can say. If at any point you click away from your videos, it is not worth putting out because at the end of the day, you need to make the video for you. Right. Not anybody else. That's fair. I definitely, I definitely want to get with you and the fact that, you know, Globecoop's editor, I want to talk to him because I, I kind of, I want to revisit uh, my content because I do want to improve. Let but. me just say that they are, the bigger the content creator that you aspire to collab with, the harder it is. They are. Uh, they would not have talked to me if I approached them first. Does that make sense? No, I I hear you. I, it's just more of a pick your brain. I don't. I like. I don't really want yeah, anything I, outside I, of. Advice. I was very lucky to get an interview with Globku because uh, True Underdog was kind enough to give me an interview, and I was a nobody. And the interview went well, and then it just kept on snowballing from there. So if you keep doing this, you know. That's kind of how the bread train keeps growing. Right. You uh, know KRC Pinto? Uh, I don't know who that is. You need to check out KRC. He's, 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 he's at about 2,000 subs right now. Okay. Uh, but he's also slowly making his way through the entire pro circuit. He has a series called Secret Sauce, where he breaks down like what makes a pro player so good at a character. He gets them on and he interviews their gameplay and their game plan. Oh, okay. I think when I was checking your Twitter today, I think I saw that because he was talking to Jonathan, I think. Yeah, yeah, he he did that one. And I told him the same thing. It's like, dude, you are going to uh, blow up one day. <laughs> Fighting games are so incredibly niche that getting like Daroino's brain picked about how he approaches the character of Eno and Guilty Gear Strive, like that's very niche. Like that's going to like, you know, maybe a thousand to two thousand people in the world are looking up a single player's approach to something. But what he's doing is brilliant because he's, He's attacking every game at once with so many pro players. Eventually, he's building an encyclopedia, which has value for everybody. Mm-hmm. I can see that you're doing the same thing with your podcast. It's all about surrounding yourself with that community. And like, I just being able to talk to everybody and pick everybody's brain. Like, that's I think I want to say that's my favorite content because like, yeah, I like I seeing how people go mean. about certain things. Yeah. See, if you're enjoying this this interview, then there's probably about five people out there who are enjoying it too. And hopefully, those five people tell their friends who are like minded, and then it just goes from there. Yeah. Right. Right. Um. So, what's it like being a dad, dude? It's uh it's the best thing in the world. It's the hardest thing in the world, but it's the best thing in the world. I I want at least I don't know five, six more. <laughs> I want to have a really really big family. I wouldn't trade it for anything. And it's very hard to be a content creator uh, and be a dad. It's, it's also very hard just to be a working dad and be a dad. It's also point blank hard to be a dad. <laughs> so it's going to be hard no matter what. Mm-hmm. But seeing how beautiful your son or your daughter is every day, uh, it's, it's the best thing I've ever done in my life. I wouldn't trade it for. I would give my life to not have to lose this feeling. 
Oh, I believe it. Like, it, it's like you're the leader of the team, so you like you guys go where you go. So like, that's just a driving factor that'll keep you always keep you motivated and things of that nature. And like, I I'm an only child, so I know that I would want a bigger family, not necessarily a crazy big family. Like five or six is kind of wild for me, especially it's where I'm wild. at financially. Yeah. <laughs> but it is a little wild. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I. I, I want you know my children to be able to have siblings and like because I can't I personally can't have a niece or nephew unless I marry into a family that my wife has brothers and sisters who have kids which sucks yeah that's that's but. interesting yeah yeah I I never thought that like being a single child you probably want siblings you know what I mean mm-hmm. I not necessarily growing up I did like being like in my own little world peace of mind. But, yeah. like, now that I'm older and, like, people can move out and live their lives and stuff like that, I'm kind of like, damn, I kind of wish I had some siblings. But Man, let me tell you, uh, you go through phases with, with, with how much you love your siblings. I love my brother. Wouldn't trade it for the world, but we are a lot alike. So <laughs> you can take that as you will. He is my hero because he's my older brother. But okay, right on, right on. Goes. So, then, I mean, you kind of touch bases on it, but to just go into a little bit of detail, what is it, you know, how do you find that balance of being a content creator and a dad? Um, I'm incredibly lucky to uh, be a stay-at-home dad. So I get to take care of the house and clean and do the, the, the switch gender roles thing. I never thought that I would be that, uh, mm-hmm. and it's taken a long time to, like, adjust myself to being that. My therapist says that it's not, it's really hard for men because we define ourselves by what we do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I do. I like, I've, I've always in my life defined myself by what I do. So now I'm trying to redefine and recontextualize all the things that I thought that I was around what my son needs and what my family needs. I'm lucky enough to be able to do that. Uh, but I'm also very well educated and I could get a job if we needed that. But what my family needs right now, it's a strong support system. Right. So anytime that he's napping, that's what I'm grinding. But anytime he's awake, boy, I'm chasing around. <laughs> I'm cooking dinner. I'm running errands. All those things. I think it's also like, so if you're a stay-at-home dad, right, and you're like cooking and cleaning and stuff like that, if there's nothing to do, then yeah, that's, it's going to be hard to find where you are valued. And I think yeah. that's probably where like someone who is a stay at home parent kind of deems as like, what is my self worth if there's nothing to do? Like exactly. But honestly, there's self worth in having nothing to do because that means everything is going afloat. Like nothing's going wrong. And some people just don't have yeah, that peace yeah. of mind to accept it. It takes a long time to even get to a place where you can not define yourself by what you do. Mm-hmm. I think it's a weird side effect of the society that we live in. I think perhaps this is the only time that like we have a chance as a species to maybe take a step back and ask ourselves why. And it's helped me a lot by, you know, just having my purpose tied to my family. There's right. nothing wrong with that. Cause right. that's the most important thing for a man. There's so many people like myself. I came from a broken home. There's so many people out there who don't have the right guide, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's contributed to a really, really strange world. But I know that if we all put in the effort to make the next generation better, the cycle can break. Right. And that's what my purpose is. That's a great mindset. And like that, I mean, just so just to put it in perspective, like I wouldn't say I had a broken home. Like both my family, uh, my parents have been in my life and they've been together all my whole life. And, wow, blessed. and blessed. Like, but I didn't have that 
big brother you know what i mean so i didn't have that trial by error like i could see that so everything i had to do i had to learn and then yeah i bet he did <laughs> and then suck. they're like my parents are they're like they have good jobs they're hardworking, and they they do about theirs but they're blue collar as fuck so like when yeah. i tried to explain to them that i want to get into investing and stocks and get a all roth ra or do youtube content yeah. creation and try to explain all this stuff they they're just like all right so do it and like they don't they don't understand that like i don't have guidance so everything i'm doing is like almost i'm throwing stuff at the wall and see what sticks because it's like i i literally don't have any help so it's like i'm trying to change the whole family and their mindset but it's like i don't know how to do that and that's that's the hardest thing no, is like you're on a lot more stable ground than you realize because the first step to making this happen is asking the right questions i think people are so obsessed with the answers you know like how do i do this combo yeah. how do i prove life how do i make it mm-hmm. that's the wrong you know that's that's the wrong question picking the right question can change your life should i be doing this will i be happy doing this does this bring me joy am i in love with this can I make other people like this? That's where success comes from. And then even then, like, I would argue that some people are not even obsessed with the answer. Some people are obsessed with just knowing that they have the answer. Like, they almost oh, hold it above your head. They're like, hey, yeah, I figured weird, it man. out. Because <laughs> I'm like, man, I'm, dude, <laughs> I, I was a drum instructor for so long. I used to tell my students all the time, if I don't have the answer, I will find the answer. That's my only promise to you as a teacher. I will find it and I will break it for you because you deserve it. People who don't have the educational mindset, like not, not K through 12 or anything like that, but, but the building blocks it takes to remember where you came from as you're successful, man, that, that just means the craft dies with you. I can't think of anything sadder than obtaining mastery, being at the top alone. You want people there with you. You want to bring, you want to bring your crew. Remember what it was like to suck. Embrace the suck. And pull people through it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I get you wholeheartedly. I get you wholeheartedly. Now, just to get a little bit toxic, you've been spewing gems and you know motivating me to go to therapy. You know, I so say you you're a great person. I I know it. I see it in you. But just to get a little bit toxic, give yeah, me an yeah, FGC yeah. hot take. You have uh, any? Yeah, really, really tricky. Uh, all right, so here's here's my hot take, and I am so. I'm going to get roasted because I, all right, so my hot take comes from a place of not being a pro player cool, and not experiencing multiple games. Mm-hmm. My viewpoint is very limited on this. So I can empathize with pro players who have this opinion, but from a casual to intermediate to enthusiast level, I think they're wrong. Here's my hot take. Mm-hmm. Tier list, but stop doing SSSS plus Z tier. I don't care what season of a game you are. It should be S tier, A tier, B tier, D tier, D tier. Like people who are like, no, 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 no. The game, the game itself is so good that every character is A tier. What does that mean to anybody? It, it just like reverted back. <laughs> like, what is that relatively to someone? Like if I was a Dragon Ball player now in season four, and I just started the game and I looked at the tier list and I was like, all right, there's A tier, S tier, SS tier. I would think they're speaking a different language. And while it's true that every single game has characters who sometimes are kusuge, it does not necessarily mean that every character is broken. So if there was a hot take that I have, it simply comes from the ignorance of not having multiple games. 
because I've heard there's some games that have characters that are literally unplayable. I don't think Dragon Ball is that way. I don't think Guilty Gear Strive is that way. So I'm limited. But if I was going to make a tier list, A tier, B tier, C tier, D tier, S tier for the, for, for the top five. Hmm. I'm not mad at that take. I'm not mad at that take at all. Because like my mind, where my mind always went is I think the more characters they add to a game, it's harder to make a tier list. And you generally just do not know, especially if you just don't have yeah. that matchup knowledge. Um, so that's why I kind of I'm kind of veering off from tier list. I think even if I like made it and had some clout, I don't think I would make a tier list. But when you put everybody S tier, I think you could win a tournament. You know what I mean? Like if everybody's S tier or A tier, I I'm not surprised if the worst character in the game would win a tournament. So uh, there's some really interesting things going on with the Dragon Ball meta, and I mean that for that specifically because people like have always said the Android 17 is low tier to mid tier and with the france scene being so prominent and yasha playing 17 so well even now with gogeta blue like i don't think any tier list is objectively correct like i think the 17 is probably super super s tier right now i don't know how much you know about the character but the way that he's being played and with team synergy i still don't think this far into season four that we actually know what the tier list is there's so much more to explore not to mention too like kind of where I want to say it was 3.5 where they added the fast tag to where they could be still doing a special move and then you could tag in. Uh, it was 4. 4 4? Uh, okay. Four. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm still not used to that. I'm like sheesh, there's so many things you can do now. <laughs> right, I'd be forgetting that you could do that. And then, well, my whole point with that is like we technically haven't seen it. So like I haven't really been up to hit, up to speed of like who's really good because nobody's playing on, on offline so like it's hard to tell because everybody's playing like a different team so i was like i think one of my yeah, friends asked some... me who somebody was gonna play and i was like i generally do not know like <laughs> i do like what damascus is doing right now like the 12v12 like to bring the americans over to france and etc etc i think that's a good like taste of like the microcosm that dragon ball fighter is going through right now but mm-hmm. that's still just two regions you know what i mean mm-hmm. like we need to see everybody before we actually know and i don't know when we will I don't know when we will. Oh wait, yes I do. It, aren't aren't the finals coming up? And isn't there a brand new c- character with Android twenty one lab coat form? Like, there's so much going on with this game that I need to like just sit down and like reanalyze. Which I was gonna bring up. I was gonna bring up Android twenty one lab coat. What do you? What are your thoughts? I opinions? thought there was no more characters. I thought Dragon Ball Fighters was done. And really? if they're actually gonna bring new characters in, um, I don't know whether to be excited or upset because I want to be able to play this game online. I can now. I have really good internet. Especially with a wired connection, I can technically play Dragon Ball Fighters. But what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> like, where did this come from? Like, are they going to be giving us new characters? Like, is this a whole br- brand new season pack? Why in the game? Like, like Gogeta Four was the perfect last character. This just feels like there's more stuff coming because her on her own doesn't make sense. And like, I play Twenty One. I like 21. I like both Dang versions it. of 21. I'm not mad at another 21, but I'm more of a why. Like, why yeah, is this here? Right what did you give this this to us for? Like, I I might be on an island on my own. I really don't know how the consensus feels, but I would have been cool know, yeah. with uh, a seat. Like, you could have done a season trailer and it just be rolled back netcode. I've been happy. Like, that's all I yeah, want. No, I, I, I think the internet would have exploded. Because I, Fighters is still one of the most popular fighting games. 
out there it's, mm-hmm. and it's almost its fourth year uh and if it had rollback i think it would be on the mount rushmore fighting games i agree with that i'm not mad at that take at all um is there if you could give any predictions of how she plays oh it's so crazy because i i i, I had 21 on my team as a as a point character in season 3.5 i finally settled on 21 uh Zebroli and base Goku. That was my team. Yeah, I'll always be a base Goku. Uh, yeah, I ran the team double anchor. I thought that Zebroli and base Goku were the best anchors in the game at the time. They were. I think that TN is up there now, of course. But man, 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 man. I loved her. They're going to play differently because her whole gimmick is her incredible range, her tail, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's her button. But base coat, uh, lab coat doesn't have a tail. So I don't know what they're going to do. I have no idea. We'll see. I have two takes. You ready for them? I was yeah. actually going to make them into a video today. Hopefully I do get around to it, but I don't know. I'll be lazy sometimes. So my first take is we kind of have it in the game already. But okay. what would be the best way to implement more androids than 21 having control of the androids? So think 19, 20... 13 oh. and she could kind of be that a gimmick word. character and no sense of like kind of like Ganyu but different that would be goofy right like, it, it'd be goofy but, but like, it'd be in interesting a cool way right yeah it'd be super interesting which like yeah like and android 19 dr Jero, android 13 like you call him out and he punches goku in the nuts you know mm-hmm. or like like well like what did he do I forget what he did in that movie. It's been so long since I've seen he like that movie. grabbed his ankle and then just punched him right in the dick. That's yeah, the only... like, 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 like that's your command grab move. It's 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 like twenty four frames. <laughs> so like a kind of gimmicky character like uh, Genyu, or Android twenty one. She's got her own special moves, own normal stuff like that. But say she does a level three. And now she becomes an install character because I think that's the only thing we're technically missing. Like we got Golden Frieza, we got Gohan with the levels, but we don't have that true install character where they actually transform. Like Go uh, GT Goku transforms Super Saiyan Four, but he doesn't do anything after that. He just does it for the Super. Like what if Android Twenty One turns from Lab Coat turns into regular Twenty One, and then she's like a buffer version or something? Oh man. Because at that point, why not just pick normal 21? <laughs> why did you make this character? I mean, I, so I, I don't know what they would make Lab Coat 21 do, but you know what I'm know, saying? There's, there's, there's that difference. Because then it also, I thought about like this. I thought, see, maybe with me thinking like this, it, it might sound dumb, like putting it out there in the universe, but I don't care. It's my mind. I'm crazy. But I'll start it from a toxic standpoint because then knowing how I play teams, like I play Trunks and I play 21 and I like those characters. Nice. So, yeah. you know, saying double 21, that's not like double the fun. I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it does sound fun. See, like my problem with 21 is it took me, I, I bought her. I did not play the story mode. Like I played a few chapters of the story mode until I realized that, oh, this is just really long. <laughs> this is so long man uh i don't know if you ever played budokai in budokai 2 um i expected it to be a bit more like that but it it wasn't my thing like i'm i'm an anime fan uh but no anime story mode has really done it for me yet like i got a code for the demon slayer game before it came out sega gave me a review code 
and playing through that storyline to unlock characters was like watching a worse version of the anime. Yeah, it was That's definitely a drag. It was such a drag. But then again, I did play on the PS4 version with native built-in delay. Mm. Um, so I didn't finish the story mode for DBFC, so I really don't know what base form 21 can do. I just know that she was cool to look at. I don't think she really alluded to anything. Not a thing, right? Like, like, like she tricked Krillin for a second and then turned into her android form. I was like, what? And then also another thing that I'm kind of thinking about is like, so, I mean, do you really care about spoilers in the Dragon Ball Fighter story? Uh, no, no, please. So there was two, version, two versions of 21. There was a good one and a bad one. Okay. What if the first one is like the bad one technically and this is the good one? So I wonder if they could do something with that as well. Oh, that would be cool. I don't know. Yeah, 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 and yeah, then yeah, yeah. also to like go that. back to the story mode, it's criminally... It's it's criminal that we still don't have those zombie colors. I don't get why we don't have those. Oh colors. yeah, I did. I I did. I did like those. Yeah, that. I mean, it's criminal that we that we don't have have extra skins. Like the one, the thing that bothers me about twenty one lab coat being in the game isn't that I wanted a different character like Raditz or Majin Vegeta. It's that I want a sequel to the game with rollback netcode, with more stages, with skins. Right. Like I think the FGC has to see all these big time budget games getting sequel after sequel every year. And, and, and like, we like associate Dragon Ball with being big time budget. Uh, and then we realize that we don't get that treatment. Like it's probably still going to be at least another three years before, before we ever get a sequel. Right. And, like, and, and <laughs> it's starting to now, obviously this is an extreme uh, case scenario, but it's starting to feel like, Oh no, I won't, I won't say that game because that's super extreme. It's starting to feel like Xenoverse. I'm not the world's yeah, biggest Xenoverse fan, but they're adding so much stuff to Xenoverse too, where it's like, Oh, we're probably not going to get a sequel. And then now they're starting to add so much stuff to Dragon Ball fighters where it's like, Oh, we might not get a sequel with rollback netcode. That's scary. And like, I don't want that. I want a world where there's either two, or they both have rollback, like whatever world, whatever world we need to be in to where we could get both having rollback netcode. I'm with that world. I'll 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 just say that people, uh, if they want a behind the scenes look at content creation, like the ones that I, the people that I talk to, we're all convinced that if Arxis could do it, they would. But it's Bandai Namco. Bandai Namco does not want to put more money into this game than they have to, and that's re putting rollback in is redoing the entire infrastructure of the game. Like that's code, hard to do. So it's very unlikely that we'll ever get rolled back for this game. And that sucks. But this is the game that got me here. It's it's the game that it's the reason I'm on this interview. I love the game. But I mean, like, it has to be a sign if they're going back and making Blaze Blue have rollback. Guilty Gear Plus yeah. R have rollback. Like if they're going back to these old games, like it's like if XR gets rollback. Oh my god, like. It's going to be, yeah, look, if, if it does, I'll be the first one to eat my words, like, happily. I'll, I'll make my own Dijon mustard hot sauce for us on a steak hoagie <laughs> roll, put my rolls in, eat it blindfolded. Like, I'll be happy to. I, I would do I the same. It. I'd be right there with you, brother. I'd be right there with you. What are your thoughts yeah. on fighting games today? Um, I, the, the question around fighting games right now is uh, the simplified motion inputs. Um, I I can see both sides very clearly, mm-hmm. but I think that that there is like I think the popular thing right now is to agree with a take 
that Buildsy had a very long time ago. I don't know if you remember this, but about two years ago, maybe a year and a half, this content creator named Buildsy, uh, he put out a video that got memed to death. The entire FGC attacked the crap out of this man, and he's a good dude because he said motion inputs are probably a thing of the past. Oh, like, there's I no, that. yeah, there's there's nothing else. Like they serve no other purpose except for to you know. Uh, preserve the legacy of fighting games and boy did everybody and their mother make a video on that dude felt so bad for him because because he quit <laughs> imagine getting to fifty thousand subs and having an opinion that's popular today getting memed about it a year and a half ago and like just stopping like that's how toxic this this conversation can be i think he was on to something because it's very popular now to say hey we should simplify stuff because fighting games do want to be more popular Mm-hmm. On the other hand, though, on the other hand, as a drummer and a connoisseur of multiple styles, I would never show up to a jazz gig and not know how to swing on two and four. I would never show up to a Latin gig and not know what a clave is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I would never show up to a funk gig and not have a thick snare drum with a nice bass drum. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. At a certain point, it's about preserving how the thing feels. Motion inputs. As a musician, you realize that things aren't complicated if you slow them down. I don't think motion inputs are what people or what scare people away from fighting games. I think it's the lack of infrastructure around teaching motion inputs because everything is simple if you slow it down. I think if games want to keep their complex inputs, like Blaze Blue, it's super complicated. Like the dashes that you have to do just to get basic B&Bs, that can be very intimidating for a lot of people. But if mm-hmm. you slow that down to 25% speed and the game was like, hey, 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 hey these frames, they're not that scary. Here's the amount of time you have to do it. And it speeds you back up to tempo. You'd be a master in a month if you put in the time. That's, that, is, that is my philosophy. Every game should have a slowdown function and take away the idea of frame data. Like this is like a two-frame link. Screw that. Your eyes, your eyes don't work. <laughs> like your, your, well, what is it? your eyes can only like process maybe like 16 frames minimum. Like you can't see faster than that. Right. Install the feeling, teach it in a musical way, like the rhythm. It goes boom, boom, ka. You're like, oh, I can do that. Uh, square, square X. Oh, it's bass Vegeta loops. Like, it makes sense. If they find a better way to teach these inputs, then it preserves the motion that you feel with your hands, the feeling that comes with it. Like, if I wanted to do a super fast fill with paradiddles, I would just right, left, right, right, left, right, left, left, my whole heart out for days until that became muscle memory. I think if people, Legacy players are very, very scared because it feels like these skills that they've been brought up with, these half circles, these pretzel motions, that fundamentally to them is a dance. It's a rhythm. It's a groove. And when you see a person that can do it alongside you, you feel like there's a camaraderie. And it's like showing up to a salsa in your, in your slippers, not knowing how to dance. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're scared. Their genre is being watered down. And I know exactly what they mean. When it comes to heavy metal, the genre that I toured with, there became a, a very watered-down way to approach it to a mass audience. And it was so toxic, so bad. And with glam in the 80s, it was just watered-down rock and roll. And I'm sure there's that, that way people feel that way with classic hip-hop too. There's so many parallels between music and fighting games. I get why people are scared. So it's a really, really weird time to be in the FGC and have a stance on this. Because you could get memed out of a career or you could build your career off of it. 
you just have to pick which side you want to fall on. Mm. I'm kind of in the same regards as far as like I understand both sides, and like, like I know I would do some of the Street Fighter Four trials and like some of the inputs, and even in Blaze Blue, like Blaze Blue had some weird ass fucking imp- it was like a quarter circle forward and it was like a quarter circle back but it like they were facing each other so i was like what the fuck is that you mean and then yeah. like there was like guile and street fighter 4 had this like i want to say right angle input and i'm like i don't even know how to bro what is this <laughs> right angle input. and like i i don't like that but DP motion, half circles, charge motions, yeah. I, I'm fine with that. Like, I, I want the hard part of the game, not necessarily to do the combos, but to figure out what to do against my opponent and the strategy that I build. Because that's even harder in itself. And I like that solution versus me trying to figure out how to just even enter the inputs and stuff like that. Because another thing that people fail to realize is they're like, oh, well, if you're struggling against this matchup, and it doesn't happen in every game, but at least every game I ha- I've had at least one moment where this has happened, um, yeah. where like I'll be talking to my friends and then be like, oh, we'll just lie the scenario. And I'll, I'll be like, yo, bro, I'm gonna be honest with you. I can't fucking do that. <laughs> like yeah, that, yeah, that like, character like, that they're playing. Scenario? <laughs> yeah, well, like the character they're playing is like a character that has like a hard ass combo and I'm like bro I can't even start the combo like I, I can't set this c- yeah. computer to do that so I can get figure out what to do in that situation and it's Let like say, the motion input debate does not even touch on a majority of the fundamentals needed in a fighting game so like yeah. from a spectator side it's not going to help you in neutral to do a quarter circle motion instead of a forward plus a button mm-hmm. you know what I mean mm-hmm. like there's so much that goes into what makes a fighting game great that I get both sides of the conversation but on the real real, it's not what's going to keep people in fighting games. That's because true. The, the scenarios that you have to lab in order to be good, the, the replay value of you watching your own stuff, that's what's going to get you good. This is a debate between what feels good in your hands. And it's very fitting. Right. <laughs> and then, uh, so that's like, that was like my problem is like, I don't like these convoluted ass like inputs just when I'm just trying to learn how to beat my opponent, learn how to anti air, learn how to do all these things. And yeah. then, so I come from that side. So it's like, oh, well, you're just a scrub who wants easy inputs. Hold on now. I'm kind of in the middle. And the reason why I say I'm in the middle is because, like, uh, Melty Blood. I do like Melty yeah. Blood. Melty Blood has that feature you were just talking about. You're able to slow down the combos in the trial in Melty Blood. And I don't know if it's like a more of a timing thing, but you're able to slow it down to where, like, instead of doing the combo at 100%, you're doing it at 70 or 50 or whatever. Yeah, someone told me they had it in Melty Blood and in Melee, and I'm like, uh, yes, please. I didn't know Melee had it, but yeah. And so in Melty Blood, one problem that I had is like, sometimes, you know what I'm saying? You might have this problem, or I guess it could have been a rhythm problem, so I don't know. Maybe it's just my problem. Maybe I'll just suck. I gotta get good. But (laughs) sometimes, like, I'll do the combo and I won't get the input. So I'll hit it twice to get the input. And then Melty Blood, it automatically goes to the auto combo. I fucking hate that shit. It, it drives me nuts. It's because it's like, I like fighters in the sense that, like, in fighters, if I want to do the auto combo, I could just hit light, 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 light. But if I just want to hit light, I could hit back light, and I only get the light. And that, that's perfect. Yeah. Like, it's okay to simplify things, but still give me the option that whether I want to simplify it or not. And I feel like with some games, they have that, and that drives me nuts. And so that's where I'm kind of in the middle, because it's like, I 
don't mind if you simplify things and make things easier for people but still give me the options of where if i want to go and go this route and go this hard way i should be able to do that because i feel like in melty blood i can't even hit a button because sometimes it's going to go into the auto combo like there it's crazy because fighters i'm so used to the um the double jumps in the air yada 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 yeah. i could do it fine but in multi blood i drop it every single time because i don't like it, the timing of it is just weird and like i think the auto combo it just eats up the auto combo so i'm just like well damn i might as well just keep doing the auto combo so yeah, i don't drop it there's there's so much that goes into making a fighting game like accessible that's outside of combos and that's a lot to do with it like when can you press a button what is the game going to register as an auto combo? You know what I mean? There's so much more that goes into fighting game design. And I think that we gravitate towards this debate because it's like the bare minimum. And we love to talk about the bare minimum because <laughs> it still sounds deep to us. But I bet the game devs are like reading Twitter like these, these like <laughs> idiots, man. They don't know. Right. Oh, uh, I have to laugh. Like thinking about all, all the parts of the supply chain. Mm-hmm. That's just how my mind works. And then, like, the games that I've noticed I've been gravitating towards now and the games that I'm having the most fun, uh, for at least me personally, now don't kill me in the comment section, but I would say, like, Dragon Ball Fighters and, and DNF Duel was super fun. And, like, games yeah. where it's easy to get in but hard to master is my shit. Like, yeah. if I want to just go and headbutt my controller and I can do some stuff, cool. But I'm not going to go headbutt my controller and beat Koichi. It's never going to happen. But, oh, but you got yeah. Super Dash Advantage. Yeah, but that's yeah, not going to happen. <laughs> and that's why I was trying to yeah, tell no, some friends. Yeah. It's just different, man. Like, I think that not, not enough people talk about how well fighters mastered casual appeal. They really did. Mm-hmm. That's why we need a Naruto fighters. But that's just... I am, I'm okay with a Naruto fighters. I'm okay with a One Piece fighters. I want all anime games to get some love. I, I the 3D fighter, the 3D arena is cool, but I just, it's not really my forte. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I was done with Demon Slayer in like a week. Like it's probably the best arena fighting game that's out there right now. But at the same time, uh, I was working behind the scenes with a few people on the game. And I was like, this is great. But it, that game actively made me want to play Fighters again. <laughs> I was like, okay. So <laughs> That's just, funny. I, I just hope all anime games, especially Demon Slayer 1, they get like that Arxis treatment. So let me ask you this. What is your, I, I guess I want to say feature. I don't know if that's the correct word, but what is your favorite fighting game feature then? I know you liked how you wanted to slow down and like smash and melty yeah, blood yeah. and wanted to be in more games. Is there a favorite feature that you have in a certain fighting game? Um, I really like how they're doing Roman cancels in Guilty Gear. Um, I also like for me, a red Roman cancel is just like sparking in Dragon Ball. Like it was the easiest way for me to relate to that. Um, anything that makes I so I, I guess to put it under an umbrella, anything that makes combos more free is a feature that I like. Like that opens up how you can play the game. Like I mean, Eno and Guilty Gear, and the purple Roman cancel combos you can do with like momentum installs. I'm like, oh my god! Anything that gives you more freedom is always my favorite feature in a fighting game. Okay, I'm not mad at that. I think I I might have used feature wrong because what I was trying to go for is like I don't know if you know. So have you ever played Plus R Guilty Gear Plus R? I've dabbled, yeah. Do you know about the replay feature? Oh, 
that would be amazing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so that's what you're going for. Yeah. That should be in everything. That uh, for those of you who do not know, in Guilty Gear Plus R, they have this replay feature to where you could go watch your replays. Which first, first and foremost, you should be watching your replays if you generally want to get better at a fighting game to learn what you're doing and see if you're even getting the input that you say you're getting. Oh, I swear to God, I blocked that. You was holding forward. Anyway, <laughs> like in Guilty Gear Plus R, you could watch the replays and then pause it. And then go into your replays and then say you could go from that scenario and like practice your anti air yeah. or practice this. And someone's like lab the scenario, you're like how? That's how. That needs to be never fighting. That is the <laughs> sickest feature. Like that yeah. made me want to play plus R because I'm like, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. And then like I was trying to explain it to my friends. I was like, you can't do that. And I was like, no, you can do that, bro. I swear. It sounds like magic, right? Mm-hmm. Like it sounds like, oh, okay, that's that's literally magical. That's yes. Yeah. So that's uh fantastic you should definitely you should definitely campaign for that like if i'm going to campaign for hey let's 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 have a, a effective practice feature where you slow down and speed up the necessary links i'll campaign for that all day long but if you want to make that your flagship you have my full support like that's also sick and then even though blaze blue i haven't played it a lot and i might dabble back into it i don't know it was a lot um that sound effect feature that's cool so uh, where, could... uh, where like the music uh, matches up with the sound effect? Yeah, and yeah, like I, I, it like killer. gives you a sound it's effect playful. as you're hitting the combos. I think. Did you have that in your video? I think I was watching your video actually. I think so. Yeah, because at a certain point, it all started to blend together. I spent three hours, like, like maybe three and a half hours, trying to like beat a combo trial. I'm like, Jesus! <laughs> I was watching that this video. Is... That video. Was oh like man. A... Uh, it was insane. I edited it down to like 20 minutes. <laughs> but but know, yeah, at a certain point, it all starts to blend together. Like, so if there's one tip of advice you could give anyone like, you know, me in the content creation game out there, what would it be? Yeah. Work on your thumbnails. Mm, I'm going to definitely have to talk to you. I'm, I'm, how you be picking people's brain? I'm about to pick your brain after this, bro. Because that's a yeah. fact. Yeah, um, I see a lot of people that aren't putting in time to their thumbnails and a lot of people who are putting in too much time to their thumbnails. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I'm, I've, I'm definitely that. My problem is I, I like the art. I, I don't like having like tight, like description words on my thumbnail. I like it to look at it as like as art. So I like making yeah, cool yeah, and, and you can't do that. Um, when, when I say work on your thumbnails, I don't mean make them look sexy. Or make them look, wow, man, the saturation's turned up to 12 on that one. I can tell it's making my eyes pop. <laughs> like, I mean, follow. So, so with my channel, it's going to sound like I'm like not following my own advice. I am trying to stretch out what I consider a thumbnail. Because I consider this phase of my content creation as literally do what you want to do. And so I'm experimenting at what has a higher click-through rate, what doesn't have a high click-through rate. And it's a matter of getting the title in a thumbnail to match up perfectly. Hmm. The best example I can give on a good thumbnail style that might not be a good thumbnail is Rufa Monger's old thumbnails. They were so iconic. You knew that was his video. Damon Globke thumbnails, those are masterpieces. I've seen the thought process that goes into that. But they, they have a system, and you can always tell, oh, that's a Globke thumbnail. Oh, that's a Dr. Doya thumbnail. Oh, that's a Rufa Monger thumbnail. Oh, that's a J.M. Croft thumbnail. Make your thumbnails synonymous with you and pleasing to the eye. 
And then once you get that down, then you can start to worry about if it matches with the, with the title and everything like that. Hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to have to pick your brain after this podcast because that's something that I've noticed that like it's hard to find a flow. But now that, I, now that you mention it, yeah, I would say all those people you just listed have a theme to the thumbnail because I, I can picture it, especially when you said Rufo Monger. Like I could see the fucking white pillar on the side yeah. and then the character yeah. on the other side and then it has this little font and all that stuff. Yeah, you right. You right. It's iconic. So I'm so so I'm trying to figure figure out what mine is going to be, but it has to be, and I'll know when I get there. I had it once when I was doing the top ten thumbnails. Uh, that was always three characters. They were burned. Saturation was turned up. They were sharpened. And it had three words on the thumbnail. But that was just a true underdog thing. That's just what he did. And after my interview with him, I followed his path really religiously for a second there until I realized that it wasn't my own. So I got to find my own path. I heard that. Oh, and that sounds like, uh, that's, that sounds like my baby boy just woke up. I got the monitor right next to me. Did he? Yep. I think, I think it's time to call it. (laughs) Sorry, man. Uh, Well, if anything, if you are, um, available tonight you know what i'm saying i i, I want to upload this part at least as a part one and we could do a part two too you down for yeah, that we can do a part two um let me see what my schedule was i told my wife that i was doing it now so it wouldn't interfere with christmas time activities we got going on tonight mm-hmm. um but we can definitely link up soon and create a part two okay so then that's what we'll do if you're listening to this now we'll do a part two um Dr. Blue, anywhere they can follow you, anywhere you want to shout out real quick before you go to uh, yourself? Follow me on Twitter at the Dr. Blue, T H E D O C T O R B L U. Blue, like my middle name. Remember that. Same thing on YouTube. And then, yeah, we'll just continue this next time. Yes, it's in the sun, fatherly duties. I'm not mad at it at all. And yeah, like I said, I already check marked where I left off at. So we'll continue that next time. So love you guys. Till oh, next time. Peace. This, this.